When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Brooke Burke and this is Hollywood Raw and we are dishing all kinds of things from ayahuasca to dancing with the stars to being hired and to being fired and lots of other stuff that I shouldn't have talked about. So check it out. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood from celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glynn. What's up, Dax? What up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How you doing, bud? I'm excited. Brooke Burke. Why are you today. excited? Brooke Burke. Brooke Burke. I first saw Brooke Burke. She might have been like, she was my Anthony Bourdain in a way, you know, with Wild on E. It would come on mm-hmm. after the Howard Stern show on E. You know, this was more than 20 years ago. I mean, Dude, this, that it's show just was wild. So popular. So, so popular. popular. So that are, fun. That never saw it wouldn't understand the level of popularity this show was. It was. How would you even explain the show? This was. God, how do you even explain the show? This was just a travel show, but it was like travel to the craziest, wildest places around the world and watch Brooke party and have fun and learn where the coolest places are to go to essentially lure all everyone to those destinations. It was awesome. It was pretty incredible. She looked incredible. Uh, you know, yeah, she it was just always in a bikini, out. just kind of running around the beaches. Yeah. And she's still pretty much always in a bikini because she's got this fitness app that's really taken off and she looks good. She's, uh, you know, I want to get into Dance with the Stars, you know, because there is, I mean, she, she was rough. She was let go seasons ago, but I, I feel like Dancing with the Stars has struggled since her departure, really. You know, you had the yeah. Aaron Andrews. Now you got Tyra. I think Tyra is just getting hit with so much flack. And, you know, I'd like to get it. I I don't know if she's going to answer it, but I would like to get into it and just, you know, say what she thinks someone could do to, you know, do a good job in that role because she rocked it for so many seasons. Yeah, I hope she's open enough to it. I mean, you know, the. Her manager made it sound like she's good. Yeah. Her manager's (laughs) just like, yeah, guys, talk. Like, really? Like, okay, cool. Um, But yeah, hopefully she, and sounds like she'll be down. But again, she was a very successful host. She did it for multiple seasons. She was a champion of the show. Um, So you know what? She's all into like the crystals and stuff, which I love. Like, remember we had Spencer on and she's like into that kind of stuff, which I find so interesting. I I, I don't want to say bizarre because it's not bizarre. It's just interesting because I know nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. Before we get to Brooke Burke, we like to read a review live on air. The best thing to do to support this free podcast is uh, leave a review on iTunes, wherever you're kind of checking out the podcast. Five-star only. Say a few kind words. And if you do that, we'll actually read your review live on air. How does it help? I can't tell you. This is what they tell me. <laughs> but it's like the algorithm. This is what it does. But that's the best thing to do to support us. It takes t- 10 seconds of your time. But um, after the show, wait for the after the show. Let's just read one and say thank you to someone that's leaving it now because we don't want people piecing out now. Okay. 
leave leave us a review later if you can please but let's let's get this one it says awesome it's by C Doll just discovered this pod. Great interviewers with industry experience, engaging, and the guests are also top notch. Excellent job, guys. Give me a job. Oh, what, what, do we have any jobs to give? I don't know, dude. We'll find something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find some job for you. But I appreciate leaving the review. Thank you for supporting us. Um, and uh, with that, Dax, tell us about our guest today. Yeah, so Brooke Burke, you obviously know her from many, many seasons. Well, I think it was actually technically two, but it felt like a lot longer than that of Wild On on E. You know her from Dancing with the Stars. She is one of the most successful TV hosts out there um, and has just rocked it for so many years. She was in Playboy. She needs no further introduction. Brooke Burke, welcome. What's up, Brooke? How have you been? Thank you I'm for joining great. us. Of course, it's good to be here. Well, I'm here. It's good to be with you guys. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? This, this, it's all weird. <laughs> it is weird. Like after the pandemic, it's like it, it just the whole virtual way of life yeah. these days. But I want to get into it. So how have you been? What have you been up to recently just to start it off? You know what? I'm. Thank you for starting it off with caring about that. I'm good. I'm. I'm good. I mean, this whole new world, new way of being has been um, a major shift for my family, for me, for business. I am good. I value the pace. Um, I've had a chance to do a lot of things that I never would have got to, to be honest. The fact that time has slowed quite truly has been um, a blessing. And I say that with respect to all the challenges too. Um, but I'm, I'm good. My kids are good. Everybody's healthy. Um, I've kind of, I've enjoyed having them home for the last year and a half guys. Like I'm in in the LA school system. Like really? (laughs) Okay. Now now, Brooke, be honest. (laughs) I am a father of two. Having the children home a lot was a little rough. I have a, I I have younger kids though. I do have a a six and nine. And some of the days I was like, we got to get back into school. It was all things. I feel you. I have kids a little older, so I have 22, 19, um, 14, and 13. We are not morning people. So (laughs) I was not mad at the fact that I didn't have to get up at 6.30, put my sweats on, reheat my coffee three times, and hit the road for two hours to drive all of them to different places. So just real talk. We all agree on that in our our house. Um, I had like a senior at home, and my daughter's in college at home studying online, like I never would have got that year with her and and as siblings for my children with each other, they never would have had that time to get, never. You can't even beg for a family dinner with an 18, 19 year old. So I don't know. I kind of, I kind of liked it. What area area in California are you? I'm in Malibu. Malibu. Did you send your kids to public school or private school? Both. So um, had them all in private school for a while, took the two youngest out because I didn't love the experience enough. Two daughters graduated. They did fine. They're totally well prepared for um, the next chapter. I went to public school. I wanted to, you know, you don't know as a new parent, right? You don't know the first time. Maybe you may, you may never figure it out, but you know, you think you're making the right decisions and I have no regrets for my two younger kids. um, I, I wanted them to have a little bit more of a real slice of life. So took them out of private. They're both now back in public. We've already moved schools and, you know, it's kind of a year by year. 
geographically. I, I think that's it. I think it's a great idea. Honestly, I, I think that there's just something different when you put a kid in public school because a, a lot of, you know, my wife started off in private, went to public, and there's just, there's a different mentality, I, I would say. And I think it, <laughs> you know, it's just, there, there's just a difference. And so I think that's a, a good way to bring children into the real life. <laughs> right. when, I, when I took my, my, Number three, um, my my youngest daughter out of private and put her in public, and there was some you know normal life problems at school, and she's like, well, there was no psychologist, like nobody called us in the office, like nobody called you, mom, like I go, this is this is your learning opportunity. Now you get to go deal with it on your own. I'm here if you need me. Mm -hmm. This isn't like mommy's mommy's problem to solve. Now you get to go roll your sleeves up and figure it out. And yeah. I'm, I'm a little tough in that in that area with my kids, but very different. And and all of the experiences were great, by the way, private and and public, just different, you know, and different kids and, you know, needing different spaces. That's it. How great is Malibu? It's the coolest in my I was just there. I love it there. You love it? I, I it? love Malibu. I, I, I work kind of in a bubble, you know, um, I don't get into town. I don't like I call it the big city. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm pretty boring. I think people in Malibu stay home. It closes down at 8.30. It's quiet. I, I do love it, though. I, I kind of yeah. like that slope in contrast to the hustle and bustle of life and entertainment who, and all that. Who, you know? who, who's the celeb that you run into the most in Malibu? Is there somebody you just always run into? Um, the country God, mart or... I know, I know. I'm just like, ooh, I'm gonna name drop. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, celeb, celeb. Not. I mean, I, I work out with Alessandra a lot, Ambrosio. Mm -hmm. You know, hottie supermodel. I'm one of my closest friends is Mark Burnett. I'll be with him tomorrow night. We're either at his house or at our house, and it all, all sounds kind of cheeky and bougie, but you know, it's real life. We're in the business. We like each other. We're as normal as people in the business could be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and they all live in at all of our houses. There's always, you know, everybody's always there. I won't gag on the name dropping, but yeah. <laughs> so they all live in Malibu too, like Mark, and that's like part of that Malibu area. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, everybody. There's so many people out here, and you know, the reality is there's not much to do here. So we we do a lot of dinner parties, and you know, we all hang out and love our privacy and accept each other's weirdness, and you know. <laughs> I, I love it. No, it's awesome. It's so beautiful. It's so funny because me being from Orange County, whenever someone's like, oh, come to Malibu, come to my house, come to some, I'm like, no. Like, it's the, well, know. And it you know what? If the sun's not out, it feels so far shining, away. Yeah. If the sun's not shining, no one's visiting you either. So, yeah. Exactly. So, hey, congratulations on the engagement. Thank you. That is very exciting, uh, mm. Scott Rigsby. Uh, but how, can you. <laughs> How did it happen? Can you give us the story? Was it a surprise? Was this something that you guys had talked about for a while? Like, give us the lowdown. No, 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 no. We didn't talk about it for a while. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think I'd ever get engaged. It feels so adolescent to me, although I, I love and appreciate it. And I, 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 I love him for asking me to marry him and stepping up. And he did great. And I have this gorgeous ring. Yeah, let's on my see that. Put that thing up so, to the camera. Which let's is still so weird. Oh the whole thing is God. the whole thing is still even when you said it i was like oh yeah oh yeah that um <laughs> he you know he's 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 an amazing man I, he's perfect for me and i don't use the word perfect very often 
Um, it just works and the kids are happy and everyone's embracing it in two homes and a blended family. And we laugh. We have so much fun together. I, I didn't expect it. I thought it might happen. I didn't know how or when. A lot of big things happened that month. I turned 50, which was so weird. Um, and then I was praying he wasn't going to ask me at the birthday party because that would have been mortifying because it's, it's hard enough to have a party. And then it's kind of like a private thing for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we went off on vacation. So all these things happened. I got engaged. I turned 50. We, we went to Europe. We were coming out of the pandemic. It was all overwhelming. Um, he had the ring and asked me to marry, asked me to marry him on the way to the airport, very spontaneously. I don't think that was his plan. I think he got worried about having the ring and traveling with the <laughs> ring in his pocket or in a box or going through TSA. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know sure. how. Or, Wait, so did he ask you in the car? Almost. No, he like literally asked me in the house, like right before we got, it was just, the whole thing scared me because it all happened so fast. <laughs> it all happened so fast and unexpectedly, but it was sweet and raw and unrehearsed. And just like him, it was, yeah, it was, it was perfect. That ring is unbelievable, Thank by you. the way. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, how big is it? Can you tell? Are you allowed to? It's big. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I always look at that. Woman, I'm like, though. I don't even, I'm not, no, a not I have no idea. No, I know, I know, I know. But it, I feel like as a woman, it's like, you kind of know because you have to get insured. So you know what the ring's valued as. And then also yeah. I feel like as a guy, you want to give it to her as soon as possible because you don't want to hold on too long just mm -hmm. in case some shit happens. It's like, no, I it was know. her fault. It wasn't mine. You, you know, know? Like, I don't, right. it kind of takes the romance out of it too. Cause it comes <laughs> with paperwork and it's all weird. You know what I mean? You know, it's funny because my, my friend had said to me, he goes, well, you kind of had to step up dude. Cause you couldn't like kind of not do it. Like if you're going to do it, you have to do it big. Yeah. Poor no. guy. Poor guy. Do you guys so, have any plans for the wedding? Is that in, is that on the, the schedule or not yet. taking it one day at a time kind of thing? Taking it one day at a time. I'm like, I just got engaged. I need to like wrap my head around that. Not yet. I don't, I don't know yet. I, <laughs> I didn't have a wedding the first or second time. You really didn't? No. I, I, wait a minute. That sounded really mean and not appropriate. Wait, let me backtrack. I had a <laughs> wedding. Sorry, guys. Sorry to my exes. Um, I didn't have a big wedding, but the second, the first time was like under a tree in in Orange County, and it was like just, just um, immediate family. I mean, like less than ten people. And when I married David, we did it on a, a sailboat in St. Bart's. We didn't even tell our parents. We like snuck away and did it, and it was just our kids. And I did it all backwards. So maybe this time I'll get it right <laughs> and do it right. Um, the kids really want us to have a big wedding and the wedding dress and the whole thing. So we're, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do something nice. really meaningful and special for the family and um, probably not traditional, probably something a little hippy dippy if he lets me have my way. <laughs> what is hippy dippy? Yeah. Like, I'm just curious. What, what does well, that I mean to you? I have all these like, you know, really spiritual things at my house. Like I do sound baths and I teach classes and I have a Native American teepee and I do breath work in there. And, you know, we all play instruments and crystals are every, like, you know, he just, you know, I, I was going to say, I see the crystal yeah. around your neck. He likes to make fun of all these things that I do that I feel are really meaningful. And, hey, we, we know. spoke to, <laughs> we spoke to Spencer Pratt, like, uh, I don't know, uh, a month or two ago. He is so fascinated with all the crystal stuff and like he's got a lot of them. Uh, so he's many. A, have you ever you know, spoke to Spencer? No, I haven't. But you I believe should. it. I believe it. And you know what? I 
I do all these frequency shifting things too. And um, that's why I say hippie deeply because I'm okay if it sounds a little weird because, but it's not, it's a real thing and all the vibrations and the bowls and the sound baths. And, you know, a lot of things that I do now in my practice and my business are, they, they really feel good and they, they really, um, they really change you if you let them. So and yeah. it's not so not that common. <laughs> have you done, uh, have you done ayahuasca? Yeah. How many times? I did a two day journey once. And then I also did a very medicinal therapy journey um, with my ex on a Rockefeller property in New York um, with a, not a shaman, like with a psychiatrist slash doctor. Um, And then I did a full blown um, shaman ayahuasca journey in Malibu. uh, That was wild, deep and hard and so many things. Why'd you ask? Wait, why'd you ask? No, because you said you're into all this stuff. So I just figured, oh. you're, you're, you know, you're into all the hippity dippity. So I was like, all right, she must have yeah. done some ayahuasca, yeah. some some soul searching. But how yeah, I, I hosted it at the beach house. Yes, it was me. Well, I, I've heard crazy stories. Like I, I personally have never done ayahuasca, so I don't know much about it other than the stories. But is it as kind of why? I mean, I've heard it obviously off when Robin did it from the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. I heard Megan Fox did it recently. Yeah. Is it? as kind of wild and crazy like i was surprised they did it with other people they didn't know there being such famous celebrities and they're talking about growing up and all this kind of stuff and i was like whoa that's intense i would not do that that surprises me too um you know it's it's interesting let me see if i can like kind of like recap the because i spent a lot of time sort of studying it as well you know a lot of people do it Um, in large group settings, you know, in the safety of being guided with the appropriate amount of of people and shamans and and rules, if you will. Um, I'm a very private person in that. Um, I wouldn't say it's wild and crazy. It's wild and fascinating um, and deep, you know, and it's equivalent to hundreds of hours of therapy if you let it. Um, And I'm not going to I'm not going to bash on it, but I do want to say all of the amazing psychedelic things that happen. You're tripping. Like, I don't care how you slice it and how spiritual, soulful people say it is this Mother Earth thing. Um, I'm not bagging on it because I I have no regrets. But you're purging and puking and hallucinating because you're taking a drug (laughs) that rocks your world and your system. And some people think you're purging the darkness and all these things. I'm not making fun of it because I purged a lot of things in in my own journey, but it's really hard on your system. Um, um, It's a lot of things. I mean, you, it's a vision quest. You see things, you're guided, you imagine things, you learn, you, you know, you, 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 you face a lot of things, you discover a lot of things. I've had as intense experiences doing breathwork classes that are completely natural um, I've done a, 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 a more of a, a medicinal guided, um, you know, therapy, the, the, the other experience I shared with you that, you know, you're not puking and vomiting and doing other gross things. <laughs> and, and it's sometimes it's a matter of just turning off your cerebral part of your brain and getting present and learning how to listen and discover other things in your body. It's fascinating. I know people who do it all the time. I have a hard time connecting that with like therapy, you know, um, party versus therapy. Um, people do it for lots of different reasons and um, it's deep, hard work. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. Yeah. At all. It's, not, <laughs> yeah it's, not, it's not a party thing. It's like, this is, it is not a party. Do you microdose? No, 
No, yeah. and I and I I'm kind of fascinated in, in learning more about that. Um, you know, I'm pretty healthy by means of what I put into my body. I'm also very open to experiment with other things. And, you know, I'm hearing more and more about microdosing, even in a sports world yeah. um, and just tweaking the brain. I just I, I don't know enough about it scientifically and medically. And I think most people don't, too. You know, and right now it's really a, quite a scary time. I think dabbling with chemicals and all kinds of crazy things that are happening with fentanyl and people are dying and people are experimenting and taking chances and. Um, it's a really scary time as a mom, you know, just as a human being in a world where we're exposed to a lot of things. It's, um, I don't know how we went down this drug lane, but, but, you know, it seems to be a topic of conversation, you know, a lot, um, you know, amongst my peers, cause it's a really scary time and we're hearing horrific stories, um, of substance abuse and, and pills sure. and other things. I don't know where you're getting you know, not, not for me, but, but a scary time for sure. If, if you were going to recommend one thing that you do that maybe isn't a, a normal, I don't want to say medicine or therapy, you know, whether it's healing crystals, what would be the one thing you would recommend to people that maybe they would normally poo-poo, but you're like, yeah. no, this thing you should actually try. It could change your life. Um, God, I love it. I love this question. I would say breath work because I, it changed my life and I teach it and I do live events and, um, you know, breath work in really simple forms, also equivalent to hundreds of hours of therapy. It's a moment to be still. It's a time to discover, to learn, to remember things, to turn off your brain, to lay there. I take people on a journey through music. I teach them how to breathe. Technique is important, but it doesn't matter if you get it wrong. It's just like giving yourself an hour to lay down and take care of yourself. And we don't do that. Most people don't do that, I should say. It's not easy. It's a practice. I teach that kind of stuff. I, I love mindful meditation. It's hard for me to like just get Zen and stop thinking and meditate. So I meditate with music. Um, I do it when my adrenaline dopamine and everything's really high and the body's depleted after a workout, the type of workouts that I, that I um, teach are really to sort of create that energy that allows you to get still and shut things off. I do it outside in the sunlight, vitamin D, dopamine, adrenaline, serotonin, all the stuff that's free that we need mm -hmm. that we ignore until the pandemic when classes were taken away. Now I have people in my yard laying on the earth and I'm changing their frequency. And that's why I say hippie to be. <laughs> do you do this as a podcast? Because I feel like that's a podcast right there. I know, you, right? I know, right? You I just like telling them to breathe. And th there's an element of getting healthy, but there's also an element of like yeah. ASMR with like the, yeah. the breathing into a microphone. I feel like could really put someone into a trance. You should I know, that. I know. I, I don't do it as a podcast, but we are opening up the world to do sort of global connections and do it via Zoom through my, my fitness app. And I think the reality is not everybody's ready to get into a room. We're still afraid of breath. Like, how are we afraid of breath? But we are right now. We have to be. We're living differently. Um, and we have an opportunity in the digital space right now to reach thousands of people around the globe. So, yeah, totally working on that. I love in person, you know, and eye contact. I still need it. But I do, you know, big classes. And then we open it up to, you know, a digital possibility for people who just can't can't get places. And I, I think that's a, a new way, a new way that we're living. It's a, it's a whole not like, look at us now. Like we don't even get to be in a room together yet. Here we are. And it's like normal and it's weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. 
What's the wildest thing that you've done to kind of do as like a beauty enhancer? And what I mean by that is like, you know, in New York, I know they have like the bird poop facials. I know they do stuff where they ste- no, they people do that. They do stuff where you sit on a pot, they steam your vagina, your butthole. But have you done anything crazy? <laughs> oh my god, I have not done that, but kind of hear it, kind of I mean. One of my podcasts that I was doing was Intimate Knowledge. And so my, our, our sex and intimacy coach, she's really into all that stuff. I, I think I think it's all fascinating. Um, one of the weirdest things that I've done is probably that group. The bird poop facial sounds disgusting. But I've done the vampire facial where you yeah, know, yeah, how that? all your skin and it's your own blood and you look like a freak. And I'm like, well, no wonder your face looks so good. You're swollen. Like I'm 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 the Debbie Downer on most of these things because I review so many things and I get so much stuff sent to me. And I've experimented and tortured myself with so much stuff. And at the end of the day, well, like, how was it? I'm like, mm. I, I, the experience, I don't know that these, all these things are really making that much of a difference. Okay, yeah. so being yeah. in LA and you obviously have made a career off beauty and looks and brains and all that stuff, but focusing on beauty right now, is there a treatment out there that you are like, it is such BS and it's popular, <laughs> but it does nothing and people keep falling for it? So many. I mean, Look, there, there, there's so many. I'm, I'm really particular about what I put into my body and what I put on my skin. And um, it's hard to know when you're living a healthy lifestyle what you're really benefiting from. I, I can't say that there's one thing that people are really subscribing to um, that's bogus because I, I, I'm dabbling and experimenting with things that I'm, I'm like kind of like a body of, of evidence and, and the things that I'm doing, I... I, I want to believe in in conjunction with each other. They're they're all working. I'm trying to think of a scam because I mean it is a fun question. Um, I don't know. I mean I, I take collagen. I believe in that. I've been taking true niagen for five years. I'm a big believer in NAD. I do NAV IV. NAD. Oh, you do the drips. You get. I do the drips, which are hard to do. Yeah, yeah. They're expensive. They take three to four hours. Men don't really dig them because it feels like a horse is standing on your chest. I've been doing them um, for years and Scott does them too. I love it. But I also take a supplement called True Niagen that helps produce your, helps your body, you know, sure. stimulate your own production of NAD. I love that for energy, um, cellular metabolism. I do all kinds of biohacking stuff. Like my garage looks like a science lab. I am really into it from infrared saunas to like red light therapy, um, you have the juve light. What light do you have? Do you do? You do I one? have the. Uh, do I have one? In no, it's all right. You don't have to go. I have, have the, um, those? beetle red light, which is great. Yeah, I have yeah. the body one. Oh, it's awesome, dude. I those have the face amazing. one. Yeah. And, you know, if you were to break it down and not get all geeky and scientific, when you look into a red light, it's like looking at the sunset. That's why uh-huh. it feels so good. And people yeah. are like, oh, you actually look into it. It feels good. It's that sweet light. Yeah. It sets your circadian rhythm. Like, it's- I listen to um, frequency sleep playlist like I, I do all kinds of stuff i love it i'm into that shit do you do wim hof i have done the ice baths with the wim hof technique i do a different breath work technique box i've done breathing. it because i knew I'm it i knew you're a box breather but <laughs> I, I know all this shit dax I love this shit. I, i'm fascinated right now i know none of this and i am like wow well, what are you guys talking about this is cool clearly we're geeks and i like to shock my system and i hate ice baths but I believe in the benefit of it. I like fire and ice where you go sauna. Sure. And then I, I mean, it is fucking hard and it hurts and it burns. Yeah. And terrible. Um, but then you feel like a superhero. I, I do something called Beamer that I do eight minutes twice a day. It's a long pad and it's connected to this 
computer-ish type of thing. And it improves circulation and recovery time. I check out of my world for those eight minutes. I lay down. Um, it just improves like blood flow and recovery and circulation. So all these things, some are more pricier than others. I do something called Newcom, which is a subscription now. It's on your phone. It's an app. I can get like four hours of recovery sleep time in 20 minutes. You put this little, like my kids make fun of me, this little like power sticker on your wrist and you wear these, you know, you black out the light and you put your headphones in and you listen to this app. It's amazing for recovery. Newcom and UCALM. Well, it's working because you look phenomenal. So (laughs) all of the stuff you're combining together seems to be working out perfectly. I'll take it. Thanks. (laughs) So let's get, can we get so into what, your modeling yeah. career? I, I, I think I, I love when we have models, former models, people that have been in the modeling industry on the podcast because they've all had such interesting lives, interesting stories to tell from their modeling days. Mm-hmm. You were discovered at a, at a pretty young age. How did that impact your life? Wow. Um, you know, body image is such a mindfuck for so many people, especially women, you know, I'm raising three daughters. I think I feel really lucky to have done the things that I've done in my business. So I have no regrets and I've had an awesome career and I'm so lucky to still be working. Right. Um, I'm five, six. And I always lied and said, I was like five, eight on my tippy toes. I would like stretch my body, try to be so tall. I was never really big enough to be successful in the modeling world. So I think I probably worked harder and smarter than a lot of other people Um, did a lot of fitness um, type of stuff, which size is less important. But I I think I always had that realistic knowledge, but also knew I was never going to be good enough in that space. But I approached it um, with a lot of honesty. So I I didn't let it squash me. I just knew that I needed to do a lot of other things that other people weren't, which is why I went into commercials and advertising and broadcast and journalism and whatnot. Um, and then I think the whole career just toughens you up if you let it, cause you hear no a thousand times. Um, you know, it's always a competition between you and other people. So you're kind of a victim to this weird business, um, where your career and your process is in someone else's hands. It's the same thing in television. You know, you're hired, you're fired. I've, I've done the greatest shows. I've been fired from ABC. You know, I, I hosted the greatest show on television. I, I got fired. Like I've been through the whole process. Um, and the blessing in all of that is that I've, I've had a great foundation at home. I've had a solid team of people around me that I love and trust, um, counted on my family and built that real life, um, fairy tale at home, you know, that kept me, kept me grounded in a, in a world that comes and goes in entertainment, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, uh, you did Playboy. Was that, you know, how many times did you, you were on the cover, but how many times did you actually do Playboy? I was on the cover twice. So I did more of like the celebrity pictorial. How was that? Um, Really scary and really well thought out. And it's funny because when you're younger, you know, you're like, oh, I'm owning this and it's going to be so empowering, like get naked. And then you get a little bit older and then it's another decade. And then every interview was about, oh, I'm going to raise my kids not to be judgmental. And I'm really comfortable. Now, like at my age, I look back and I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? So it's, you know, it's, it's a really honest, like it's a really fascinating journey because, you know, I also have kids now. And I think when you're young, you don't know that everything that you do that is public um, will be part of your journey forever. I don't have any regrets, but would I tell my daughters to do that hard? No. 
Um, doing it at the time for me was, I think, a positive decision at the time. And I also did more of a conservative pictorial than most. You know, I had like a French photographer and then I had a Playboy photographer. And um, I didn't show everything, but I showed enough that you could probably find it if you were looking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, the decision making process for a young woman is so complicated and so naive, you know, that looking back now, um, it's prevented me from doing some things and it's allowed me to do other things. And, you know, I always look at somebody like a Cindy Crawford, like boss in an endorsement world. She's done everything and everything. And I think when you're a supermodel, you kind of get to do that. I wasn't a supermodel. Um, and then there's a lot of really cheeky and cheesy pictorials that you see. So you kind of get lumped into um, that's boy thing, but. I, I, I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that it would hinder you. And the only reason I say that is because I feel that the Playboy world, you know, years ago uh, yeah. was the hot place to go. It, it made yeah. careers. It, it put people on the map. Yeah, so what, what kind of company wouldn't have signed you at that point? Because the biggest celebrities on the planet were doing Playboy. Yeah, you know? fair. So, um, you know, in those sort of ethical clauses, you know, I, I've had a pretty squeaky clean career. So I work for companies like Procter and Gamble and AT&T and like all these like middle America, you know, sketchers like chicken soup for the soul, things like this. And there's been a couple times where, you know, some people can't get past the headline. You know, some people can't get past even the bio of Playboy um, that you know, it would prevent certain contracts from going forward. Very, very rare though. Very rare. I mean, I work for the greatest family brand ever. I've worked for Skechers for decades. Um, it couldn't be more conservative and mainstream. Or ABC. Well, exactly. And ABC Disney. and understanding the process. But, you know, even companies, even networks like ABC, when I was in the ballroom and I had, you know, the fabulous, you know, glam squad, they would come in and check for cleavage and check for side boob. And it's like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Not on CBS. <laughs> <but it's okay. laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's interpretation, really. We're going to take a break. We want to talk about our growth. A lot of our growth really happened in the social media world. If people have watched us over the last, I don't know, six months to a year, you could tell that our TikTok has been blowing Huge, up. Yeah. Or YouTube, IG has been on point. A lot of that it comes from Herd at Media. Yeah, they've been able to put a lot of eyeballs on our content. And uh, it really comes down to, first, the content. It's got to be clean. It's got to be nice. It's got to be presented well. But it's also got to, like, speak to the audience. Exactly. And that, that was one thing that in the past, before we worked with them, our voice was never out there. People yeah. didn't understand, like, what we were trying to get across and be in, like, a unique, cool way. And we're finally there thanks to them. And thanks to them, we're also to get more eyeballs on the product. Yep. Uh, so if you're out there looking to take your project to the next level it's a podcast or a youtube series or even some sort of video production heard at media has been for us it's been absolutely incredible absolutely uh, they really so. brought our game to the next level so, so if you're interested in that uh make sure to check out herdatmedia.com that's h-u-r-r-d-a-t media.com so i'm yeah. i'm sure you got to meet half a bunch of times correct and you had a relationship with or friendship with him not that much really i think when you're a playmate and you're hanging out at the mansion it's different Celebrity pictorials, he's really never involved. I think he makes finally final decisions. So not really. I've met him a few times. Um, and I kind of, you know, grew up in Arizona and came from a much different world. And I wasn't sort of wowed by that. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really my jam. I didn't really want to hang out in that space. Um, 
not to judge anyone. It just wasn't really my, my thing, you know? I, so, I have just this idea of Hugh Hefner. I feel like he was the type of guy when he met a girl, when he met a, especially a playmate, maybe not you because you weren't necessarily a playmate. You were a celeb center. I also, had brown, I also had brown hair. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he liked blondes with big, like, I think he, his epitome of like, think about it. Yeah. All his girls were like the blonde bombshells. Pamela yeah. Anderson's. Yep. Brown hair, brown eyes. Not that interesting. But I feel like <laughs> you're still an attractive girl, but I feel like when he would meet people and when he, he would meet girls, especially, he'd always kiss you on the mouth. I think that was his thing. Every time I saw videos of him at a party, someone would kiss on the mouth. Was he a mouth kisser? Like when he would say hi, even though it wasn't like relationship? I don't know if I've ever even kissed him on the cheek when I have met him. I know. Ew. Dex, is that weird? Like, I feel like you would always be like creepy and just like kiss on the mouth. That like, is oh, like, like early, totally like, weird and close near the lips. Like, it was just oh. weird. Can you? I, I don't remember. I just, he was, he's a weird dude, yeah. man. Oh, I don't like, I didn't even like that one if like his lips were wet or like, Ugh. no, I don't even, I don't even, that would, no, that would, be, I don't care who you are. I, that's weird. Right? Yeah. No, I, I never mean, yeah, can. Cool. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Missed it. <laughs> um, I what? Can I ask you some questions about Dancing with the Stars? Because I I think that show has had this shelf life that has been unbelievable, <laughs> unparalleled compared to so many other shows. Like shows yeah. don't stick around for this many seasons, and you were a huge part of that show for a very long time. Um, I did want to ask. There's been a lot of criticism towards Tyra this this season, yeah. and uh and you're one of the only people that has been in that role in that position. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Is it deserved? Is it undeserved? Is it just the show? It has been around so long. Maybe the interest level is going down. What, what's your thoughts on all the criticism Tyra has been getting? This is a very loaded question <laughs> for me, boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mm, okay. So yes, I'm also surprised when a show like that has legs, you know, you look at the bachelor and you look at that franchise and dancing with the stars America's home videos, like how, um, people still love the show and dancing with the stars has gone through so many shifts. So I want to say that when I came on and took Samantha's place as a host, um, I did it with a lot of compassion. I actually know her, um, change is hard for a lot of people. I was really lucky that everyone embraced it, maybe because I danced on the show. Mm -hmm. um, maybe because I'm nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I, did I just say that? Um, no, I, I just, I, I, think, I think change is hard. Um, you know, Samantha danced also to give herself some cred and some compassion in the process of leaning into the interviews with people that were competing. She danced just to experience it. I would recommend that for everyone. I would recommend that for Tyra. It gives you um, another level of um, relatability with the people that are scared shitless on the show and you're trying to support them and engage with them. Um, I don't hear, you know, great things, you know, in, in, in my world right now, I, I don't hear great feedback um, on both sides. And, you know, I probably know too much. To be really honest, I'm not watching the show. Mm -hmm. um, I still have great friends. I mean, Derek Huff and I will forever be connected. Um, Carrie Ann, you know, the judges, uh, you know, Len, Bruno, they're all amazing. I had such an incredible experience on the show. 
on the dance floor and off the dance floor. You know, in the in in the ballroom, you know, with all the contestants, I can remember as a host when they didn't even want to talk to me. And I totally understood it because their adrenaline was so high that they couldn't even hear me because I was there. I was them. I was so scared where it's almost like a blur. So I I don't know. I just my 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 skill set hosting that show was so night and day from anyone else because I competed. I failed. I conquered. I screwed up my dances. I won. I was terrified. I couldn't breathe. I, you know what I mean? Um, what do you really want to know? What do I- <laughs> I, no, I just, I'm just curious what you think her, what she could work on to really succeed in that role because you had succeeded for a very long time in that role and she's still a newbie there. Yeah, I'm I'm not watching the show, so so I don't know. And I think Tyra is such a massive personality in and of herself. I think she's a diva. I think that's a good thing. I don't mean that as a jab. It's really hard to walk in there and bring your diva self to the ballroom when it's not really about you. It was never about me and Tom. It was about everybody else. And it was about celebrating every celebrity on the, that show. And, you know, I got to dress up like a princess and have my moment, but my moment was to showcase everybody else. Um that's a skill set, you know, to be able to do that. Even with Tom and I, we were partners. It wasn't about him or me. I mean, he embraced me with open arms on that show and made me better than I was because he was so welcoming and he had no ego. So um, what, I, what I'm hearing is focused. The the attention should shift off of one person onto the cast is what I'm hearing. It's not a host on a show like that. Yeah. You know, you seem it all together. And on a live show, you know, it's a team effort. It's a team effort there in the ballroom. And I had a blast with everybody on that show. I don't know what it's like behind the scenes now. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm not really watching the show. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're just not, is your heart not into it as much? Or is just... Well, they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, I, I feel you. It's like, why go back and watch something when you're like, yeah. hey, I'm not on it anymore. No, I'm kidding. That's a harsh word. Um, you know what? I, I was there for seven seasons. You know, I did everything I needed to do there. And um, it's just hard to take myself out of it and watch it, watch it from another. From so if I had a friend on that was competing or, you know, whatnot, I would, I would watch and support. How, and I'm, I'm grateful. Like, I had a great time on that show. <laughs> how does a show like that let you know that you will not be there anymore because that's got to be a really hard discussion. And we've talked to so many people that have been put in that same situation mm-hmm. and their understanding of the situation has differed so much. Some people it's like they get called in with all the execs. Other people get a text from their agent that they won't be returning. How did you find out the dancing with the stars was like, yeah, oh, these are done. these are such juicy, juicy questions at a time right now where so many people have been fired for whatever reasons in this weird time that we're living in, um, it would be fascinating for everybody to really understand what really happens. It would be fascinating and shocking and really disappointing. Um, I got a call from my producer when I was on my way to school in the car, driving my kids to school. That's brutal. Yeah. What do they they say? They're just like, Hey, we're going to go a different direction. Yeah, pretty much, but not that nice. You know, it's interesting because, you know, networks, there's so many decisions that have to happen. It's just not everybody is is up and up, you know, not everybody really cares about the bigger picture and the long play and your family and your life and the commitments and that you, you know, just nothing, you can't take anything for granted in this business. And, you know, 
on the positive side of it, sometimes change is necessary and it's all good, you know, and transitioning from that show forced me and allowed me to do a lot of other really creative things. The delivery was the best that it could have been from a man that I respect. He had the really shitty job of calling me and letting me know that I wasn't coming back. My contract was up, so I can't really say I got fired. They just, they didn't renew my contract. But you would like to have a face-to-face with all the powers to be, and you would like to be um, respected in the same way that they hired you and celebrated you. It just doesn't happen that way. And um, it's really disappointing, but I'm super realistic in um, you know, in the game of the entertainment business. So, but <laughs> I'm driving down PCH and I have my kids in the car and I'm on the, you know, I'm not on the phone. I'm on my hands-free phone, but I'm, you're like, wait, what? Wait, wait, hang on. Let me like, can I call you back? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that's just not the way that I would conduct business or fire anyone, even in, you know, even in my business. So um, you'd, you'd be really surprised. Brooke, I have seen so many huge execs where it's the same thing you're saying, where they will bring people in, hire them. It's kumbaya. It's exciting. And the second it comes to letting them go, it's like, I don't want to see them. I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to have to do the face to face because that's the hard part is seeing someone that you're changing their life. So like, this is such a common story in in Hollywood. And a lot of people that we've talked to as well, it's like, I'm just going to hide behind the people I can send out to do it. So I'm, I'm I I think it's shitty. I think it's shitty and cowardly. I'll be, I'll be honest, but I will say it's sort of like breaking up with someone. And I have this conversation with my girlfriends and even men, they're like, do you really want to go to lunch with someone to hear the bad news, to tell you that they're leaving you? Or would you rather just sort of get the slow fade or would you rather get the call? And, and, it, and it's such, there's such a decision making process in that. Right. I, 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 I don't know. I would imagine that letting someone go and being that person is as difficult as the person on the receiving end. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think I took it all with grace and supported the franchise and the network because I had such an amazing time on there and it was such a positive run for me. And I really enjoyed every single person that I worked with. And I think we all had a great working relationship and it was time for change. So I didn't take it personally at all. And I made a commitment and, you know, publicly that it was important for me, the style in which I walked out is the way I walked in. The way I left that show was as important to me as the way I entered that show. So I did it with gratitude and with grace. So um, I'm just able to look back now and answer these questions, honestly, because it's like, it's just, a, it's just, it's just, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You yeah. know? But yeah. You, you, you'd like a respectful, I guess. I don't know if I'd like a face-to-face to be honest. I don't know. How how far did you find out in advance before the media that hit the news? Not long at all, because um, it was a call and then it was a a personal conversation with Tom and then the conversations with my team. And then what happens is, you know, with with a network, then everybody wants to address the press release and how it's going to happen. And, you know, normally they do it with respect with talent you know, how do you want to approach it and what do you want to say and um, what story do you want to tell? And for me, I was just like, let's just tell the real story. I don't need to make up any story in this to benefit anybody. It is what it is. And um, let's make the most of it. So, but, but not long. I mean, I would say the next day, there's not a lot of time because somebody will find out. Right. And you kind of, you kind of want to run that, 
you know, you want to ride that wave yourself and control it. So, okay. So dancing with the stars ends, but there's always, like you said, a silver lining to a, one chapter closing and another opening. What was that next thing that you feel like it was it your, 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 your workout apps, your fitness stuff. Like, what is it that you, you are now like, I'm glad that I've had the freedom to do yeah. all this stuff because I don't have that. Yeah, you know? no, no, totally. Um, I think fortunately I had, you know, great relationships and um, didn't burn any bridges. <laughs> um, I had great working relationships with all the different production teams and live events teams. So, um, you know, what it, what it allowed me to do was to sort of pound the pavement from LA to New York and take every meeting and then go back to the drawing board where contractually I wasn't able to do a lot of other things before. So it allowed me to explore that. It allowed me to produce some shows, to create some shows, to sort of roll up my sleeves and think, wow, what do I want to do now? And in a beautiful way, it allowed me to spend a lot more time with my children at a time, a precious time in their lives during that pause. Um, and then I started sort of just design, designing and, um, you know, my, my wellness business and my app business and then, um, you know, building that team, which I, I would not have been able to do. And because I'm a creative, I, I, I had time and I knew that I had to spend the same kind of energy building something else. So I think it was the right time. I mean, I was I was there for seven seasons. It was amazing. It was an amazing run. How so. did you even get the job to become host? Like you went from dancer champion to host. How'd that conversation happen? Um, they were going through a, a change and um, auditioned everyone and everyone under the sun <laughs> that was in the female, you know, host world and then some. And um, I actually wanted to audition and uh, they didn't ask me to audition because they already knew that I was coming from CBS and I'd, I'd done plenty of live television and I had the mirror ball. So it kind of made sense on paper, but they wanted to go through the process of auditioning everyone else. And I asked them, I called the EP and asked to audition. They were like, you don't need to do that, Brooke. I was like, no, I want to do that because I also knew it was a chemistry, chemistry thing with Tom. So I actually called on my own. Um, outside of my management and, and asked to audition. And I'm glad I did because I think that's when you get to see the chemistry of two people, you know, especially two hosts. Yeah. And I was thrilled. I wanted that gig and I was thrilled. And it was a really important, um, you know, choice for me in my career at the time. And there's just not a lot of shows like that. There's not a lot of great live gigs. You sure. Know? And it's one, how many auditions? You just did one audition? Yeah, I just did one. And I'm glad I did. I mean, I, I it wasn't beneath me. I think I think those moments are are important, you know. Without an ego. <laughs> do you still talk to Tom? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, he's on the East Coast and um, you know, life has taken such a shift for all of us. But yeah, we stay in touch. Yeah, how, how's how's he doing? Because I miss I, him. I, I miss him I tremendously. He was such a great friend. Um and great co-host and so brilliant at, at, at what he does. I haven't talked to him in a long time, so I don't know. But every time I do, he's he's always doing great. I think he's enjoying life in Connecticut awesome. and slowing way down, you know. When when you when's the last time you went for an audition? Oh God. Um, not for a long, you know, not for a long time. It's funny, somebody called me to do a test just this past week and I was like, in person? I'm like, are we back? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't go because it wasn't it wasn't juicy enough for me, but not for so long, you know, and that's the bittersweet curse too, of coming from a big show like that is people either think you won't do something yeah, something not good enough, or they just know who you are and you don't really need to audition. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, really. Is it weird though? Like when you kind of go for role, cause you're like in the role, like 
you're known and you're successful. And I feel like for what you do, there's a lot of people like you kind of know who else is in your ballpark. So like when you go for auditions, like do you see the same people or do you know, are you always up for the same group of people for the same exact type of job? Um, I haven't auditioned for so long, but I guess if there was a, a hosting gig for a female host, I guess it's kind of the same. I, I feel like I'm in, I feel so out of that space now, you know, like, yeah, back in the day, but now I, I, I don't even know. Just the world has shifted. Everything has shifted culturally. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of live shows, you know, being made anymore. You well, know? it's funny because I, I feel like you, in my opinion, were the first ever like travel host, at least for my mm-hmm. generation, you know, and that mm-hmm. was with Wild on E. Uh, that to me was just, it was great background TV. It was cool. And that was like my first, like my first, I guess, step into kind of travel TV. And I feel like everyone wants to do a show like that. And it's funny. I met with the production company once and they're like, yeah, what's up? Everyone's going to pitch wild on 2.0 well yeah because everyone wants to travel the world for free and have fun like it's the greatest concept you lived out everyone's dream i i lived out so many of my own dreams i mean it was reality tv before reality tv and it was and ghetto and it was one cameraman and one sound man and we made it up we didn't know what we were doing we had a young crew i had the time of my life i did 40 countries in two years it was wow i couldn't have dreamt it to be honest that's insane Um, yeah. And, and, you know, if you think about it, like the world we live in now, everybody can go create their own reality television, like, you know, sorry, on their phone and like <laughs> be an influencer and get paid to like wear this and do that and go there. I, I, I had the time of my life. It was amazing. And, you know, I still, I, I love to travel. I, I, that show allowed me, you know, a, a foundation of knowing exactly what I will and won't, won't do in the future. It, it was so much fun. Yeah, what was the best place you went to? The one part that was actually the wildest place you went to. Was it Ibiza um, at that time? That's my yeah, guess. Bingo. Ding. Ibiza, yeah. I mean, crazy. But we did weird stuff, too, like hedonism and Naked Twister. And, like, I didn't. But, I mean, when you go to these other countries and then you have to edit it for America. Because, remember, Wild On and e-, e was on in 120 countries around the world. Yeah. So I still go to these other countries and I'm still the wild. I'll always be the wild on girl, no matter what I've done. I'm like, that you know, they, they, the E runs, you know, 24 seven in so many places. Abiso was crazy. DJs, parties, beaches, all of it. But I also had a chance to um, just grow and develop my palate, you know, culturally speaking and um, discover different flavors and interview chefs. And, you know, when I, when I think about people, um, like Anthony Bardane and, and the kind of shows that he did, like I would have loved to evolve a show like that to have more culture and more flavor and more education and not just, just the party. You know, I think I, yeah. I, think I survived wild on for two years and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back my bags now guys. But I also was pregnant and had two kids during that. So, which nobody knew. So I really wasn't the party girl. I was really kind of faking it. Uh-huh. Like I would do my intros and outros and I had a baby on the road with me. Like I never wow. left her at home. So baby I didn't even know that. That's did crazy. all 40 countries with me. I, 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 so I was sober and I had a baby with me and nobody ever knew that. Um, so, so most of the shows I was sober after I, after I gave birth, I wasn't always sober. But, <laughs> I think um, that being said, you know, we've, we've watched you basically have consistent work for yeah. since that time. 
and you're you're raising kids how did you how did you balance being a, a working mother having kids being on set like how did you do that um i didn't have a super fun social life i really carved out downtime at home as a family um to balance that as much as i could i loved working i was able to take my baby on the road with me so i never compromised that bond which a lot of women maybe wouldn't do it was for me i didn't know any other way it was Naraya and I against the world. We really were a package deal. Thank God for the baby Bijorn. <laughs> um, but I, I always, I just, I loved working and I didn't let being a mommy stop that. I was able to do all of those things. And even now, you know, even though I missed certain things because I've had so many children and I, I had a demanding career, I was able to kind of guide my children and teach them that these are boundaries and mommy gets to do this just like you get to do that. And I'm here for you. And I might miss this, but this is why I had a working mother. Like my mom worked three jobs um, and she was a really loving mom. So I, I think that was familiar to me and we communicated a lot and I made up for, you know, time missed with quality time. And um, we kind of raised each other in my family, my kids, Myself, I count on my older daughters a lot. You know, even today I had a morning press day. So my 19 year old took her little sister to go to her dentist appointment and back to school. And she's picking her up for me right now. Like all these things where I do for you, you do for me, you know, and I expect that in my, in my family, we raise each other really. So That's cool. Yeah. Dax and I always has debate when we talk about this, but especially in Malibu, were you, did you ever do paparazzi setup shots? In what way? Like, like just that. like kind of fluid, organic, like it's supposed to seem like caught, but it's like, no, we're oh, working together. Um, you're so funny. Um, like fashion stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things are set up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And not pretending for it to be a oops, a comp moment, but, um, you know, knowing how to maximize press in this business and sure. knowing the value of marketing and, and photography. And I also have great relationships with paparazzi where people always bag on them. I value them. I understand um, what it means. And I think because I'm nice to them and I have those relationships, there's been times where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to give you this photo. Like, what is it that you're after? So then you can leave me alone rather than fighting it. Sure. Fighting it makes you look bad and they're never going to leave you alone. And I'm so used to the familiar faces that, you know, we all work together. And, yeah. it's, and it works great. I mean, it's great. Yeah, no, I get it. Especially in Malibu, you see the yeah. same guys. Yeah. We we are all about it because we talk yeah. to so many we talk to so many celebs and they're like of course like well, I think the, the one of the most interesting conversations we had with Brian Austin Green who was like yeah but having them under your wing when you go on vacation and you're in Hawaii like have the photos so that you'll leave us alone for the rest of the week it, it's and, so true and and you know you know. Yes, there was a time back in the day before the digital world where it was hard to move or do anything. Not for me, because I was never that famous, but in my neighborhood and, you know, seeing people just, you know, preventing people in the business from even being able to go out and eat and things like that and having babies and just that there, there was no protection. That whole world has changed right now because people aren't buying photos and reading magazines as much. So photos aren't as valuable. So there really are less paparazzis. But I will say we're in the business. So, you know, if people weren't taking, that's what I would say to celebrities, weren't taking your picture, you'd be pretty bummed out about it. Right. So exactly. Thank the nature you. Of the, 
it's kind of the nature of the business. Um, it, if that paparazzi stands there and doesn't even lift his camera, you're like, uh, something's right. wrong. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? All right. I know, I know we're running out of time with you. Do you mind if we play two quick games with you? No, not at all. So we are going to, we do the speed round with a lot of people and we just rapid fire questions at him. You give us your first answer. You don't have to overthink them. Just okay. with first thing that comes out of your mouth. I'm going to go first. What is your favorite food? Uh, pizza. Okay. Uh, your favorite type of workout? Booty burn. What was it? Booty burn? At least one answer. Like, yeah. I'm you, yeah, booty yeah, burn. Perfect. Yeah. She did right, it yesterday. What? I saw it. <laughs> I follow you. <laughs> All right. What was your favorite season of Dancing with the Stars? Uh, my season? season well, I mean, one? like, can you say <laughs> a couple of the contestants that were on so we know what um, season it would have been? Uh, oh, um... My season, and I don't mean because I won. My season, I was on with Kim Kardashian, Warren Sapp. Um, so I had so many amazing people on my season. Um, Backstreet Boy, like my season was amazing because it was such an eclectic group. Love it. Season seven, I think it was seven. Um, uh, your most over most overrated restaurant in LA. Oh, they're really gonna be mad at me. Um, <laughs> Giorgio Baldi. Oh, no, Dax, you agree? going to be mad me? at you. Rihanna's going to be mad at you. Sorry. She <laughs> loves that place. What, what's the one? Uh, what's the one food that everyone loves but you can't get into? Ravioli. What? Giorgio. I know. I don't like ravioli. It's too soft. I don't like cream. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like pasta al dente. I don't like homemade pasta. I don't like ravioli. I don't like soft pasta. All right. Okay. Uh, last celeb that you met that you were starstruck from? Um, this is a long time ago. You want? Okay. Yeah. Um, Prince. I, I was hopelessly devoted and madly in love with Prince. Nice. I know. I'll biggest, always be in love with Prince. Biggest celeb to dip into your DMs. And I'm not talking like a, a bad thing, just maybe they're a fan or maybe they just wanted to say hi. Or maybe there's post David. <laughs> this, this is not a joke. I am being dead serious. You have to take this for real. I do not get DMs, and it's not because it's shot. I I know. I knew you were gonna. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna go. I was waiting for like you're not gonna believe it, I, but it's Oprah. No, you can't give me that. No, Oprah, I don't please even DM have me. DMs. Please, please DM me, Oprah. Um, I don't get. I I swear, and I'm not like. I don't even get like sec. I and I'm not okay. Now I'm gonna get a shit ton of weird. Yeah. Okay, I'm being serious. I and my girlfriend's <laughs> like that's because it's turn. I'm like no, it's not. Look, I mean like crickets. I mean like no one. I mean when I was single, no one. No one. <laughs> How is that impossible? That's like I wanted. I wanted DMs when I was single, guys. I'm not. Wow. I'm not. Oh, poor me. I. I, I don't. I don't get. You guys DMs. lost your chance. Yeah. What's their chance? I, I just DM'd you. I said hi. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, I did. See, fun. look, you got a DM now. Too okay, bad. I'm gonna, no I'm gonna screenshot it and save it if I only know where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you don't know where it is. <laughs> um, what's the movie you see? What's the movie you've seen the most? You've watched the most. Uh. uh um. <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> this is so bad. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. 
It's like my favorite. I watch it with my mom. It's my old classic. All right. My last question. You've hosted. Or me, Joe Black. Me, Joe Black. I love to. That's a good movie. Good movie. You've hosted a lot of TV shows. Which one was your favorite to host? Rocks. Well, I mean, wild on for a gazillion reasons, but Rockstar in Excess was so much fun to be part of a rock and roll show, discovering epic talent that was nice and nobody got, no, we weren't making fun of anybody. It was really like, um, you know, the year we did it with In Excess, it was just amazing, amazing, amazing. My last question is um, how much craziness was going on this season with Antonio Brown? How hard was he on the show? How difficult was he? What season? What do you? The football player, Antonio Brown, the, the wide receiver. Remember when he came on? I, and I, I don't, I don't know what season. I heard he was very, very difficult. On I season. wasn't, I don't remember. Maybe he I'm wasn't sure. on her season. I don't, he wasn't, Warren Sapp was on my season. Not your season, but while you're hosting the show. I don't, anyway, rem- I think. I don't remember. Did I forget him? <laughs> okay. All right, then I, I'll change wait, that. Was he the for, wait, was he the forgettable baller? I don't remember. All right. We're wait, gonna, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me the team. Give me more. Give me. He, oh, at the time he was, well, he's on the Buccaneers now, but then he. I don't think I was there, guys. Okay, could be Sorry, wrong. Sorry, Antonio, if I was. No, it's right. <laughs> okay, What's if the... I was there, he must have been amazing. He must have yeah. been so great. All <laughs> right. Remember. Then what's a job that you turned down that you kind of regret? Um, uh, Something like, damn, I should have fucking maybe did that. I know I I made it a policy not to regret stuff like that. Okay. I've got one then (laughs) I've got one. You have some really amazing friends who all live in Malibu who has the coolest house. Oh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> that's that's survivor money oh, right there. I know, I know. Cliffside, like dinners under the tree with like this heater that doesn't even burn the tree and the ocean. And we're we always joke around. We're like, cue the dolphins, <laughs> cue the dolphins, Rome. cue dolphins, uh, and go. That's awesome. And, and action. I know. All right, so. I was going to play one more game. I think we're out of time. We got to wrap this up. I know you got another another interview right back to this, but I just want to say thank you. You were so honest and real. I think all the discussion about ayahuasca was so fascinating to me because I know nothing about it. Um, uh, but I feel like I'm getting in trouble with my publicist. I'm like all the like all the bashing that we did in the honesty. Look, I don't know how to do it any other way. So um, don't get me in trouble, guys. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's fun. It's interesting. No, no, I, 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 I respect and I appreciate your just realness. It's just, Thank it's, you. uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's on, it's, it's refreshing. Thank you. Okay. Wait, we're going to do one last thing because I, I want to promote your, um, all your workout stuff. So we're going to play one last game. I'm going to throw okay. it in here. Okay? okay. Thank you. I want you to rank your workout programs from number one to number six. Okay. And I'm going to show you the, the artwork. Okay. And you tell me which one is your number one workout. So okay. is it summer slim down? Okay. The new year, new norm. Okay. Home for the holidays. 28 day quarantine. The four week ab attack challenge or the four week booty challenge, which Ooh. is the number one workout 
for you? Okay, so four-week booty challenge is number one. Okay. Travel attack is going to be number two because they're short and sweet. It's five minutes to like totally reshape your core. Quarantine because we were all stuck at home and we were all dying because all our classes were taken away and everyone was freaking out. <laughs> As I say, you look very happy on the, the, the cover <laughs> for, for being locked up inside. I know, right? Um, that was like 28 <laughs> days of survival, survival guide. So that was number three. Um. New year, new norm. I'm so sick of that. It's going to be new year, new, new year, renew this year. Cause it's like new rules, new way of living home for the holidays. We were all so sick of being home for the holidays. That's number six. That was okay. last year. Um, we're kicking off a new holiday handful. That's going to be way more fun. Um, but the, but the challenges are like four weeks of change your booty, sculpt your abs, short and sweet, sweaty. They work. Awesome. So, yeah. And then uh, where can they, where can they get all these? You have so, an app, right? Yeah. So Brook Brook Body in the app store, but I'm also on Samsung, Roku, Vizio. So you can actually authenticate it and light me up in the living room, create a little digital gym. Um, you know, we're not all going back to classes yet. We're all not grinding for an hour in traffic anymore. Like you can get it done at home. We're launching a really fun kitchen program um, for Thanksgiving too. And it's a bunch of bar workouts using the kitchen bar that you could do while you're in the kitchen with the family making dinner. So some really fun stuff and I'm easy to find. So that's awesome. And you can also DM her. She will respond to it. Yeah, because I love <laughs> Because I, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> oh Brooke, you're, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, that was good. Uh, that was fun. She was awesome. I liked her a lot. Yeah, she's cool. I liked her a lot. I, I again, always respect a girl who just is like open and has fun and like non judgmental. And uh, I mean, no, no, no. Let me, great. let me tell you the best part. So we will often jump on with a publicist or a manager right before, and they're like introducing the client and say, okay, you know, when she comes on and they will either say, you can't talk about this, can't talk about this. The manager goes, she's an open book. Ask her whatever. She's awesome. And I was like, yes, like that is the best way to yeah, possibly start an interview. It is. But usually when they say that to us, we're like, okay, okay. And then we mute them. And then uh, we tell the guest to turn their phone off and say, uh, close the door. And then just. <laughs> <laughs> now tell us your deep, darkest secrets. Tell us how did your dad affect you? Um, <laughs> no, but she was really cool. Really interesting. I, I, it's just for me, it's like this, you know, it's these dumb questions that we kind of do where it's like, tell us how it happens. Like, how do you kind of, I mean, I think getting let go from a job is very common, but how does it work in the entertainment business? How does it work as a host, you know, that's uh, on TV? So I, I just love her honesty, but it's just, uh, it's uh, there reassuring was, in a way. I liked the Tyra conversation because I could tell that there there's more to it than she was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. and I don't think it's because necessarily she has, poor feelings towards Tyra. I think Tyra has created an, an atmosphere is what it sounds like. And that it's Brooke knows everyone from that show. So I'm assuming people are talking to her and just being like, this is not working. And she, you know, she can't say it. She's not there. Yeah. But I think that she doesn't want to rat out her friends. But I think that there's it's not the best working environment is what I'm oh. understanding. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, I respect her even to accept the question because a lot of people would 
dance around it and she kind of uh, oh i like it, what you did there yeah. dance yeah. around it you ah dance with stars <laughs> guys uh you can find the hollywood raw podcast on instagram tiktok facebook twitter we're on it all uh it's trust me we got really cool content we got some really cool guests coming up you can find me at, at adam glenn g-l-y-n you can find dax holt at d-a-x-o-h-o-l-t uh make sure you leave a review and if you leave a review we'll Read your review live on air. We're going to be giving away prizes and stuff like that. The best thing to support this podcast is five stars. Say a few kind words. And, and, and please go, go. If you, if you're just listening to the podcast version, head on over to the YouTube page. Uh, we got a ton of videos. You can also just find us at hollywoodraw.com. That's an easy way to do it as well. Uh, but subscribe, like, you know, I think that's very helpful. And then we started up this private Facebook group. Um, so we can chat directly to you guys. Um, you know the true fans they 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 head to the the private facebook page and then uh ask us questions we'll respond to them very cool uh with that guys girls non-genders non-binaries whatever you are we will see you next time bye a huda media production